All right. What's up, everybody? It's your pal Val, and welcome to our show, your pal Val. Um, it has been quite a minute since I've been back in the studio, so please bear with me as I'm readjusting to all the technology that I struggled with for an entire year last year. But we're back by popular demand. Hopefully, I have some listeners in already. If somebody's listening and wants to let me know, please do. Please give me a text so I know that I'm not talking out to the void. Um, that would be much appreciated. So before we hop into the episode, who our guest is, the meat of the day, I guess, I want to talk a little bit about what my intentions are for this season on the show and for anybody who's new, what the show is about in general. So for those of you who are new, you might know that my show used to be on Tuesdays last year and it was in the afternoon. I think first semester was 12 to 1 and the semester after that was 1 to 2. So it was very much a daytime show. You know, we kind of brought on a ton of guests, talked about different things, um, but now there's kind of a shift. Most of it has to do with my schedule, but I think it's an opportunity to have a different vibe on the show. You know, we're going from like that daytime talk show to more of a nighttime cool radio show chats, you know? And the way that I was describing it to our guest earlier, it's kind of like when you go out into the world, you put your clothes on, you kind of put that front out of who you are. And that's not to say that's inauthentic. That's just to say like how you present yourself to the world. But after the day's over, you go home, you throw on your sweats and you're just who you are. You do whatever makes you feel happy. Like that's in essence, you know, when you feel most like yourself, at least it is for me. So we're kind of trying to dive into that more, um, that nighttime vibe and say like, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper than maybe we had in the past. So for the first year, you all kind of saw me grow in my role as a radio show host. I was encouraged to do it by my friends, and I'm really glad that they all stuck around with me and are still listening to this day. So thank you so much, and thank you to everyone who's been asking me, when is the podcast coming back? When can I be on the show? All of those things. That means so much to me. I'm glad that this is bringing enjoyment to people. That's the whole reason why I'm doing it in the first place. So thank you. Please keep those comments coming. I want feedback. I want to know what I can do better and what you want to see. So this year I'm a sophomore, no longer a freshman. So hopefully I'll come back with a little bit more seasoned advice, a little bit more of, um, I don't know, wiser, wiser content. I don't know. I don't know. Um, this year I'm an RA. So I feel like that will bring some interesting perspective that I didn't have before. And if nothing else, I've been trained by the university, so hopefully I'm more educated in that department. Uh, So what we're looking to see this season is just, you know, more authenticity, maybe a little bit more variety, maybe keep it more comedic. I don't know. I like to laugh. We'll see. I don't don't know. What would you like to hear? Please let me know. I love your feedback, um, segment ideas, you know. Whatever you think would be interesting, please let me know because that's what I'm here for, to serve y'all. Um, And then just to kind of go over why I started the show in the first place, like I said, I love podcasts. I love listening to them. I want to bring like some excitement and something new to Fairfield University and the broader community that I'm like, I don't know, involved with. And I just want to give people an opportunity to be their authentic selves. I think that When I first came onto campus, I was very overwhelmed by people who looked similar to one another or seemed like they had it figured out. And there's definitely a stereotype here. And that doesn't mean that the most people you meet will fit that stereotype. It just means that when you look at them on the outside, it's kind of what you perceive. So 
my idea here is to kind of dig beneath the surface and find out like who people really are on this campus and you know just dive into who their true selves are so admittedly I wasn't perfect at this last semester it's a learning curve you know we all have slip-ups and moments it wasn't perfect but I'm really gonna have a goal this semester to kind of just get to those real conversations and I think this episode will be a great demonstration of what I'm hoping the rest of the season and episodes to come will be like so that's pretty much all I've got to say I'm really only challenging my guests this semester to be even more authentic than before so be ready to share your true self on the show as I've always said and just a disclaimer we never push people to share more than they're comfortable with um we want them to you know not feel uncomfortable or like they can't they have to share everything please don't feel that way but at the same time I just want to give space for people to get things off their chest that they feel like they need to and you know contribute what meaning they have to the world (laughs) so thank you for listening to my very long-winded intro normally it's not that long but seeing as we've had a four-month hiatus I figured I'd give you some updates before we get into the show so now is the time that you've all been waiting for. The way that we start the show, always, always, is with a song. So the song today is called Road Lush Traveled by Lauren Elena, and it has been selected by our guest. So we're going to go ahead and listen to that. Hopefully you can hear it, and we're going to dive into why that was the selection later on. So without further ado, here is Road Lush Traveled. <laughs> Why do you keep on staring in that mirror, mirror? It ain't fair at all. Mm-hmm. Dress sizes can't define. Don't let the world decide what's beautiful. No.
Without further ado, I am going to introduce our guest. Her name is Rebecca Beauvais. So please say hey. Hi, everyone. Um, so a uh, starting question I often ask people is like, who are you? You know, where are you from? I know that's like a broad question. We'll dive deeper into it. But Okay. Um, I'm, well, clearly Rebecca. Um, I'm from Southport, Connecticut. And... Who am I? That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. I'll give you a little more guidance. Like, how would you describe yourself to other people? Like, maybe in just a few words. I know that's okay. It. I'd say reliable, smart, and caring. Yeah, I, I definitely know. agree with that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so, to give people a better idea of like who you are, we're going to ask some guiding questions along the way. I'm not like, describe everything about you right here in this one question, because that's super loaded, but you did a great job (laughs) answering those big questions right away. Thank you. So, to dive into our interview, I want to know about your passions. What are you passionate about? Um, so, I am passionate about, I don't know, like, friends and family, academics, I love crocheting, um, that's definitely my all-time favorite hobby um I don't know I'm also a very big fall girly um so anything Halloween like fall just like the colors the vibes of it like the warm and cozy type of thing I'm definitely passionate about that and it's that time of year so I'm so excited um and that also gets shown in my crocheting you can like on my desk I have like pumpkins and everything. I'm working on some ghosts. Very yeah. interesting. There's glow in the dark yarn. So I've I'm making glow in the dark little ghosts for my room. Wow. Um, to hang up. What so talented yeah. you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um so we were talking a little bit about earlier like the summer, this big break happening and I want to get a little sense about how your summer went and Therefore, I'm going to ask you, what is the most meaningful thing that you did this summer? I think the most meaningful thing was probably moving my brother into his apartment. Um, He finally left the house. Um, He just graduated college, actually Fairfield University last year. Um, And there's a lot of love creating all the IKEA furniture for hours after driving up to Boston I can imagine. Um, And it's hard leaving him Mm because it's more of a commute now to see him. But I don't know. It's definitely one way to, like, show your love, like, building all that furniture. And I don't know. Yeah, I'd say that's what my most meaningful thing this summer was. That's very exciting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, On the flip side of that, what is the most challenging thing that you had to do this summer? Um, probably working. Um, I was a camp counselor, um, actually at the Quick Center. I did the Missoula Children's Theater Camp, and I was the art instructor. So, trying to make it fun, but also make it safe, because we did it in the workroom, or, like, workshop. I I don't know. There's, like, saws and stuff so you gotta make sure the kids don't go back there and hurt themselves but you also want to make it fun and 
creating new ideas for each week on theme with the play was definitely like a challenge for sure I did a camp counseling job this summer too and I can say long days long hours definitely very draining but in my opinion very worth it I 100% agree it's a great job I love it so when do you feel like you're most yourself um probably with my close friends just hanging out um and also like before I go to bed like you said earlier the sweats just curled up on my bed watching like some shows um yeah I think that's when I'm like most authentic but also with friends but you have to be really comfortable with them so for you it sounds like there's definitely people that you surround yourself with is there like a specific activity that you have to be doing or it's really like centralized around those people and is there maybe a place I find it's more central like more about the people you're with Mm -hmm. they become your home and who you want to be with it doesn't matter what you're doing whether you're eating playing games watching movie it doesn't matter it just matters like who that person is and that you like get along and you understand each other and yeah it it's definitely the people they become your home i think that's a great answer because when we think of family we think of people you know like sure we have houses where we've grown up or places that we say we belong to but at the end of the day our connections with others really matter and that's a foundational part of this podcast so i love that answer especially more so tying into that how do you decide who those people are though that's a difficult one because it's hard to i don't know um it's hard to like find the people who you want to be with so like i definitely went to events to try and find people who have some similar ideas to me um but it just takes time to really find who you want to be with and whose values aligned with yours but not necessarily have the same thoughts as you because that's boring because you want different perspectives to I don't know advance your own thinking and see the world from different perspectives but you also need the same values I agree um, because if everyone's the same then what's the point it's so boring yeah but having like some commonalities definitely helps so 100%. Definitely, like, going to events that people like to do. It's hard to, like, initially find them, but fostering them and keeping them together, alive, alive is easier. I understand. Okay, makes sense. So, how do you know if a person is genuine or not? Like, what defines your decision-making in that process? Again, it, it just takes time, because... You need to go through events with people to see who they truly are and how they respond to certain situations. That, but again, I think it like lies with like your values to find who's like genuine and like agrees upon like certain core values that you have. Like being like a kind person and not like, I don't know, like, (laughs) sorry. It's you just need those values, and that's what makes like your core friendship. But it it does take experience to find who is genuine and who you want to be with. You gotta definitely feel it out. So, do you think that when you're talking about 
finding someone matches your values that's something you wouldn't be able to know right away or how do you like decide in a way or is it like a vibe that you come off with like that takes time to cultivate that or how does that kind of work at least for me I think it takes like a few times meeting um getting to know the person because sometimes you put off at least I think sometimes you show who you want to be rather than who you really are and sometimes you need to like get used to who someone is to let more like let loose and be who you are to really like create that bond so what I hope that makes sense no that does it makes a lot of sense and it's leading me to another question which is how did you meet the people that you would now consider your closest friends um well one of them I met through another friend uh well, some of them were, like, the escape retreat. Um, this so, doesn't have to be just Fairfield, by the way. I know. <laughs> but a lot of, like, Fairfield was, like, the big, like, most recent experience of creating friends. Mm-hmm. So I did meet some people through the escape retreat who led me to other people. Which, for uh, those who don't know, that's something first-year students go on in, like, three weeks after the their start to school which I think this past weekend was when the first year students went on so yeah it was it was a great experience I highly recommend if there's any first years or uh, well it already happened so maybe (laughs) next year the first years but it was definitely a great experience because you meet some people with the same values like I was saying because that's an event that not everyone goes on you have to want it to do it I feel like so I met some people through that, or like, again, events that I like. I liked going to the fan events, like the crafty ones, because that's what I like. Um, other than that, like from high school and everything, I think I just grew up with those people. They were my neighbors. It's just a bond that you have over time. But it's definitely a different experience going to college and meeting these friends because you haven't made friends in such a long time because you normally stick with your people throughout high school That's so true. and then you leave yeah it's like trying new things of like you're in a new place different people and the resounding theme that I'm hearing from you talk is you got to keep putting yourself out there you got to keep trying because yes. it's not going to be one experience that's going to give you a multitude of friends and not that having a multitude of friends is that important but just those people that you can you know, come away with that share your values that, you know, become your close friends, it takes time to find them, and that's totally okay. Yeah, and you can constantly be making friends. There's not a deadline. Like, I met people at different times of the year. I met some people just this summer through NSL, who I'm now friends with. Like, there's so many times when you're going to make friends, and you don't expect it. It just happens through, like, the activities that you enjoy to do on your own. So you just got to keep putting yourself out there, but also do what you love to do and what makes you happy. Um, And then you can find those people a lot of times. I agree. I think that's definitely some great insight because I would argue that everybody needs at least one friend because as social creatures, like we need to have people to rely on when things get tough and you know, you want people to check in on you. It feels good to check in on other people. Like, it's it's important. And I think college definitely has that pressure of, I need to have 20,000 friends at all times. But I think 
having quality over quantity is definitely something that's very important and I see you do that all the time Rebecca (laughs) yeah I find it's important to like have these quality relationships you don't want just so many friends that you only just see like for a little bit and say hi and then walk the other way you want someone you want to care for someone as they care for you and have like that mutual like beneficial relationship which is very important because it's less surface level you get to know them as like a deeper person and then you get to appreciate them more and then they can appreciate you more like you get to really know each other 100 percent. that's definitely a great answer so how i think you're an amazing friend let's just make that clear to everyone rebecca and i are friends and i would love to know your input on how you are a great friend to other people like what are things that you do to be a good friend a loaded question um (laughs) I try and care for others as I want to be cared for I want to put as much love into this world as I can and I want people to know that I care for them I want them to be happy there's no pressure with anything if you're uncomfortable we'll do something else um I don't know just knowing what the other friend wants or like what makes them tick type of thing and if that aligns with you that's great so I just want to make sure like the other person's happy and just is enjoying like our time together I like to check up on them even if I'm not with them if I know there's like a test or something happened or there's like a hard time I want to make sure everyone's okay whether I'm there or not can you talk about your decision-making process for when it's someone, someone's birthday? Because I've seen you go through something very extensive when you're thinking about whose birthday it is and what you're going to do for them. Oh, um, it definitely depends on people's birthdays, like who it is, what I do. But every time I meet someone, I do ask their birthday pretty much right off the bat and put it in my calendar because I don't want to forget people's birthday. I have a reminder for, like, a week in advance and, like, a few days before just to make sure I, like, know they're loved and I get so excited for birthdays because it's just exciting. It's another day to celebrate someone else. So, um, for my sweet mates, it kind of, so my first year roommate, I kind of, like, would sneak in the question, what kind of, like, candy do you like? what kind of cake do you like type of thing so then I bought her chocolate cupcakes with chocolate frosting because that's what she liked some of her favorite candies and then I made her a crocheted stag um it's just trying to find what people like and enjoy and know that you care for them um like it might be small but just being like happy birthday is important and even my sweetmate this year, I didn't know her as well, and I didn't have time to ask her, like, what her favorite flavor was of uh, cupcakes, so I got, like, a six-pack of, like, cupcakes. Three were vanilla, three were chocolate, so she had a variety to choose from, and she could eat them with her friends. I just want people to know I care and that they're loved and that it's a day to just celebrate, and hopefully they can relax because I know, like, my sweetmate had school that day. So I wanted to make sure she took some time for herself to celebrate and just, like, be happy. I don't know. 
I'm really glad I asked you that question because I think it demonstrates like how much care you do have. You always talk about what you're going to do for this person or do you think this person will like this, what crochet um, like animal or object you're going to make for them. So there's definitely a lot of thought that goes in there. I think that definitely demonstrates how you're a great friend. And I think for other people listening, you know, we're not Rebecca for a reason. Like, she's amazing. But for the rest of us, I think just that idea of putting that thought, putting that intention, just showing other people that you care and in the way that you're talented in doing that. So for you, you know, you go above and beyond, like, amazingly. And it's it's beautiful to see. And you put your own talents of, like, crochet into it as well in many instances. And I think it's just a good example for all of us to say, use your own specific talents to show other people that they matter and that you care about them. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it's mostly just knowing that you ca- like, having them know you care and that you're doing your best to be like, I know you and I really care for you. This is what I want to do for you to show that I love. Like, our friendship, like, I value you. You're an important person in my life and I just want you to know that. That's a great answer. Um, so for you, like on the flip side of that, this is how you are a great friend and you demonstrate that to other people. And I think other people have different ways of doing that as we've discussed, mainly the ideas that you care. But when you're looking for a friend or like maybe when you just have friends to you, what defines a good friend? Good friend is just someone who will just be there with me, just like hang out and who's a nice person. Um, like, I don't need someone going above and beyond for my birthday. I don't care about, like, material things or anything. Just that we can have, like, a great conversation and that I can be myself. Like, I want to go into a friendship and talking and just, like, have all, like, my worries go away. It's just fun time just being there. Like, again, like, the mutual benefit of, like, having a friendship, like, I don't know, just have it a good time, like, carefree, but know that in time of need, like, I'm there for you, you're there for me, if I need anything, type of thing. That, again, is a great answer. I love how you're talking about being yourself. That's so important, and also the fact that friendships are a two-way street for a reason, and I think sometimes we lose sight of that because, you know, we want to care for other people, or we want to be cared for, but it's not all or nothing. You know, this when I think about two friends, it's not like a parent-child relationship where, like, say the child is a baby, the parent's pretty much giving 100% into it, and there are small benefits back from, you know, loving the child and getting that. There's not no benefit, but when it comes to a friend, it's it's supposed to be this reciprocal relationship where you can be there for that person when they need it, and you're there for them when they need it, and that's what's so beautiful about it. And I want to highlight that because I think that it's easy to get into toxic friendships or things like that. Do you have any experience on that that you want to speak on? Um, Not necessarily like a toxic relationship, but I also want to make a point that, yes, it's a two-way street, but it's not always going to be 50-50. Like, someday someone might have a hard day. They might be giving a 30, and the other friend is going to pull the other 70. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it will be 50-50, but it's like when you have those hard times, you have that other person to support you and to help you with what you're going through. So it doesn't have to be 50-50 cuz in reality, we're not always going to be at the same level of happiness or have the same energy to put into it. But it's that you can 
like recognize where the other person is and see how you can best help them and still create like that carefree and like um, you can be who you are type of environment. I love that because you can't enforce like strict egalitarianism in a friendship and be like, I did this for you. Now, what do I get out of it? Because that's not what friendships are. It's not what do I get out of it? But it is at the same time you put something in and you get to enjoy something out of it. Yeah. So I love that. And I can see how caring you are. It's definitely coming through on a through line on this show. And you have expressed, I don't want to like spoil it, but I guess I will, that you want to become a nurse one day. And you're working very hard towards that. So kind of talking a little bit about that slash what we've talked about as being a friend, how do you make time for yourself as an aspiring caretaker or as a person who is currently caring for others? That's a tough one. At least for me, this is what I'm working on. Um, It's one of my goals to make things a little more balanced. Um, Finding time for myself is basically finding the joys in life and making time for that because like who I am as a person I will do work 24 7 I will stay up late wake up early and it's not good for me um you burn yourself out that way so just making time and it can be something little like it could just be five minutes of doing like um like a coloring book or talking to friends, calling your parents. Um, I know I like to watch videos and crochet. Like, that's my downtime. I love it. But just finding, like, some time where you're not working 24-7 is what I think you need to do. And realize when you are at that point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. And maybe not even letting it get to that point. Like, trying, like, every day to make some time for yourself. And I'm not the best at this. I'm still working on it. Um, But, like, just, again, trying to find the joys in life. Yeah. I think that sometimes we forget we can't pour out of an empty cup. And we want to give, give, give. But at the same time, you have to water your own garden, I guess, of life. And... This is giving me an interesting flashback to something I learned in training, which is strange, but you have different levels. You've got your green, you've got your yellow, and you've got your red. And green is when you're doing well, life is great, you know, awesome things. Yellow is when you're starting to notice some warning signs. You know, you're not completely burnt out, but, you know, you're starting to notice the fatigue set in. And red is when you are in that burnout stage, when you are fatigued, when you feel like you have nothing left to give. And I think the lesson that they were trying to teach us was that notice when you're in the yellow and because it's a progression. You don't just go from green to red right away. I mean, sometimes, of course, situations can happen, but most of the time it's kind of like that gradient. It's a flow. So what can you do when you're in the yellow to kind of sustain yourself and prevent yourself from getting into the red? So I think that you described that very well, like noticing and doing things for yourself. Um, What are some things that you personally like to do for yourself to keep yourself out of the red? Out of the red. Um, uh, (laughs) I can't think of the word. Sports games. 
that's the word. <laughs> um, I definitely like going to sports games with my friends, like the basketball games or the soccer games. Mm-hmm. Um, again, crocheting, sometimes movies. Sometimes I just want to be alone and crochet and watch a show. Sometimes I want to be with friends. It kind of depends on what you need at that moment. Um, but I also am a coloring book person. Um, <laughs> I also just got it from the paper store. I'm very excited for it. But it's like one of those like find like the item. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like this jumbled thing of photos and you have to find like the ice cream in it or like yeah find the object yeah i got a halloween themed one and like i said before i'm a fall person Mm -hmm. love halloween so i've been trying to do a page like a week and there's a lot of pages but i'm i'm trying to get some time in to do it for myself but i'm enjoying that right now Mm -hmm. um I love that because I think everybody has different things that kind of speak to them or make them relax, but it's always good to get ideas because sometimes when you're might be sitting in the yellow nearing the red, you're like, what can I do? I don't know what I can do. Everything's so stressful and you kind of just let yourself. But if you think about those things ahead of time that make you happy, like you ordered that book and you now are in a period of like school, a lot of responsibilities, coming on Val's show for an hour, you never know. (laughs) So I love that and thank you for answering that. Um, something else I want to ask you about is being a leader on campus and what you think it means to be a leader. Um, I have a feeling this means my NSL position. I mean, take it as you will. You also learn something else. Oh, yes. Um, I think it's mostly about being a mentor, helping people through whatever they're going through in life. Just being there for them and answering their questions if they need help. And this goes in both of my roles. Um, I feel that I want to be that person people can go to if they need help. If they need anything, I am always there. Um, So it's about, like, helping people, like, guiding people, not just, like, telling them you have to do this. Because they got to make their own decisions. It's their life. But I want to be there to, like, aid them in their journey and hopefully, like, bring them on, like, the right path. And, yeah, it's caring for each person that's in, like, my NSL group. I care for all of my students. I want them to do well. I want to help them in any way I can. And I will announce my other role. I am the president of Stag Stitch. Um... So that's a knitting and crocheting club here on campus. And, like, yes, it's about knitting and crocheting, but I still care for every single person that's in there. And I want them to be doing well, and if there's anything I can do, I want to help them through it, Um, especially knowing the resources on campus that I know now through NSL. So, and even if I didn't go through NSL, I'd want to help people through it they're going through and if I can but it's also just a way to like decompress it's like a good community of people to like just relax yourself just get comfortable and talk about things that are bothering you um 
but while also doing something that people enjoy. But it's also a learning experience of how to do the craft itself. So I aid them through that. And it's people who want to be there. Like, I'm not forcing anyone to come. So I guess in both ways, it's like aiding people through their journey, whether it's knitting or crocheting or through life. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I just want to make a quick note that for anyone who doesn't know, I'm sure everyone does know, but an NSL is a new student leader on campus who is just people, a a leader who is matched up with a group of students and like they have a class first semester to help them on their first weekend. And interestingly, I had several NSL aspiring, I guess aspiring NSLs on the second semester last year who were already accepted for the position or want to do it and they were talking about why they wanted to do it. But from your perspective, I would like to know, is it what you thought it would be? And maybe what are some of the things that you learned that you didn't expect to? I didn't expect to meet as many people as I would that have the same, like, it's not the same reason they came, but there's some underlying reason that made us all want to do it. It's helping the first-year students through their transition act college so we have some commonalities but we're all completely different in who we are and I made so many friends through that and it was a little different going through training than I expected because it's long days and you learn a lot about like the resources on campus but it also brings you together more because you have that similar experience to share um, but it definitely prepares you well for being with the students like as you go through it it's like oh I don't feel prepared but then you're put in that situation and it's like oh I have these resources I can use that can help me through this situation um, and help these students get the resources they need. I love that answer. So for you I think I like to look at it as everyone can be a leader if they want to be but we all have to connect to that piece within ourselves that like make our our leadership styles shine so what would you say your leadership style is um I'd say guiding through experience is what I would say all my students are nursing majors so I can share my experience and show them what worked for me it might not work for everyone um which I understand because people have their own learning styles but I want to be like a guiding person. I don't want to force anyone to do anything, but I also want them to know I went through it too. I might have some tips that could help. It's okay if they don't work for you because we're all different, but I went through it. I'm here for you. Um, Like, I just want to be like, like a mentor, like not like I'm above you and there's this weird like power dynamic. I want to be like, someone who's easily approachable if you need help I'm here type of thing I think that's a great answer because I think one of the most important things that leaders do or good leaders do is listen which seems counterintuitive because it's like I'm supposed to be leading you and telling you what to do but I think in reality it's listening to other people hearing what their strengths are and like giving them a way to see that within themselves or maybe as a group and kind of giving them that push they need to lift them up and I don't know, just leading by example, too, is really important, I think. so. Yeah, and it's hard to see from your perspective what your strengths are sometimes. Sometimes you see it in other people, so showing them what you see can also be helpful to be like, oh, yeah, I am good at that. Maybe I should use it a little more to help me. 
Um, yeah. Just give a different perspective, I think. Yeah. For sure. So um, I think that's definitely a good insight into what being a new student, student leader is like because it seems very difficult on the outside. Um, would you say, like, what would you say is the best thing for just from like for yourself out of being the entire experience thus far? I don't know. I met some good friends through that, which I'm very happy about. Um, but getting to know the students is such like a nice thing. And like seeing them through campus and saying hi, even some of my like the people from my orientation groups, I still see them and we say hi. It's just nice having more people that you recognize and it feeling like a familiar face and being like, I know you. You know me, like, We're a happy family. like I hope, <laughs> like I hope you're doing well That's and everything. Comedy. <laughs> That's the new comedy. I love show. it. Um, I agree. I think it definitely makes the campus feel more like a home, which is something that freshman year walking on here is like, how could it ever? I know it's so scary because there's so many people, and a lot of people seem to have a ton of friends. Oh, it's always a perception. There's it, always big groups of people walking around, and you're like. Why don't I have that? I know. I felt the same way. And it's it's scary. So it's nice to know that I, I know this person. Like, just, like, a smile or a wave just, like, makes my day. And for them, I think it's this person got through it. And this person is helping me get through it. And I can be like them. And I think it doesn't necessarily matter if, like, your personalities are similar or, like, whatever. I think it's just they got through it. I can too. And especially for that nursing major, I think the first year of nursing, I have a lot of friends. I think so commendable. You are one of them. And to have somebody with them saying, you can do this. Yeah, it's definitely stressful, but I have faith they can all do it. So I'm hoping anything I can do to help will aid them in their journey of becoming nurses. And I really hope it doesn't last like only this year. I hope it lasts their whole college career. I think it will. I have a sinking suspicion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll keep the same number. They can still text me and call me if they need it. I love that. Yeah, so it's it's interesting already because I feel like the tone of the show has just shifted so much from last year because it's it, we were in those shoes. You know, we were kind of navigating what this means. And now coming back, it's it's almost like you take it for granted, like how much you know already. Like you know all the buildings on campus, you kind of know the lay of the land. So there's so much that you go through in those first few months, that first semester really, that is like just draining on your mental state, that it's almost like a factor that we don't have to deal with anymore because it's like, now we know what to expect. Yeah, I get that. But it's still different coming into sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Like it still poses its own challenges that you need to go through and get used to like you were home for four months and now you're back and now you gotta get in the swing of things you have a new schedule like my schedule is completely different than all of last year mm -hmm. so figuring out the timing of when to do things is rough but yeah I agree you have one less thing to worry about you know where you are you have people who you know you know the buildings. Are there any new challenges that you faced this year that are different from last year? Um, that's 
it's I feel like they're the same challenges but coming up in a different way like my classes are hard there's always going to be that next hardest class and you got to figure out how to deal with that Mm -hmm. and figure out like new ways to adapt to like those classes um I'm now living in an eight-person suite where I originally only had one roommate so that's a new challenge of you have so many different people how are you going to live together? How are, Who's going to clean the bathroom? Um, and everything. So there's different challenges, but it's like the same challenges, if you get what it's I mean. Yeah, because it's still a challenge to live with any amount of people, any person. But it's taking that one person who you knew how to live with. And now you have more people, but they also have a different way of, like, how they live their daily lives because I'm not living with the same roommate I did freshman year Mm -hmm. so it's getting to know how people operate too and figuring out what works best for us as a group of eight together rather than just me and my other roommate or the different classes and maybe I'm getting too philosophical here but just listening to you speak it's it's making me think that this whole shift of like first year to sophomore year is kind of like a microcosm of your entire life because when you think about it you know maybe our problems look differently but aren't they kind of the same like we still have that stress of our responsibilities maybe at one point in your life it's school but maybe the next part it's work and then you also have relationships that you're juggling so it, it the relationships with who those specific people might be with might be different but it might be your mom your whole life you know for a really long time it might be your siblings you know and then like friends come and go but they're still friends that you're dealing with so I think our problems, the, spe- the specific nature of them, yes, they might change, but we always know that there's going to be difficulties and challenges that we're going through. So I think that looking for those moments of, hey, maybe it's not all new challenges this year is like that silver lining we're getting out of it. Yeah, so. it like boils down to like similar things. At least that's what I'm noticing this year. It, like, boils down to the same topics. It's just, like, ever so slightly different on how you have to adapt. And just, like, realizing that can be beneficial because now it's like, oh, I've done it before. So how am I going to do it now? True. And I will put a little side note. We're still very freshly new into this year. So there's still a lot of room (laughs) to grow. But reflecting back on that first year as we've been doing, what is, like, the biggest thing you learned from it? And how is that impacting your approach to this year? Um, Like we were talking before um, about I can't study 24-7 is probably my biggest thing I got out of my first year. Um, I'm definitely someone who prides myself on my academics, and I burnt myself out the first year a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It was... I was just going, 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 and I didn't take as much time for myself as I needed. So this year, I'm trying to make it, like, build it into my schedule that I should have free time. I should have time for myself that I enjoy. I'm trying to see my friends more. Mm -hmm. Um, Just caring for my needs rather than just focusing all on my academics Because, yes, academics is important, and that's why I came to college. But I don't want to burn myself out, and there's more to life than just learning. Because you can get fulfillment from your relationships. 
which also is like relaxing and is fun and there's just I can't put everything into one like it's like all my eggs were in the basket of academics I need to spread them out a little bit more yeah I think that's a great lesson to learn because college is an experience and it is you know just again a microcosm of life like you can't be focusing all on one thing because there's relationships that matter that will impact you later on in life as well and something that again going back to training this is really just coming up in my brain apparently in this conversation (laughs) but we learned like schedule and working out schedule and time for yourself schedule and breaks like a class because oftentimes when we're like oh i'll get get around to it you know but if we're like no this is as important as studying like sometimes we need that structure and to force ourselves and i'm glad that you're making that change yes and i love my calendars if it's not my calendars it's not happening (laughs) um I, i love them so much i have like 50 million of them um but yeah, scheduling it in, you have to make that conscious effort to care for yourself and your needs because there's always going to be that next assignment you have to do. There's The interesting thing from college, from high school, is you don't just finish your homework. There's always something else you can work on. So you true. can read for the chapter ahead. You can prepare for this next test. Where in high school it was like, oh, you finished your homework, you're done for the night. So you got to make sure you take time for yourself because there's always something else you could be doing. I mean, the syllabus laid out the entire semester, so might as well start studying for the final today, right? Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please don't. You're good. <laughs> it's going to be That's rough. burnout right Yes, there. burnout. Read real fast. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Rebecca. I think it's definitely a good insight, and we're going to continue to expand on, expand on this topic of, you know, what does it mean to be in the sequel of, you know, the first year that started it all, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I do really want to extend my gratitude for you being on this show, just in general, because you're a major supporter. You tell me how often you listen, and I really appreciate that. And something that I want to ask you on the air, so hopefully that will encourage my other listeners to tell me off the air or on the air if they come on one day, is as a faithful listener to the show, what is some feedback you have for me and some things you'd like to see in the future? I don't know. I <laughs> I love the show so much. Like, I love it. Um, for those listening, I would listen during lunch every time, uh, no matter what it was. So I do love how the show is. But I like that we're switching gears to get a little more, like, deeper and like more authentic answers of like authentically who is this person on the show so I like that um transition and I also like like the comedic aspect adding a little more we should try to add some more yeah I might be laughing at this podcast in the totally by myself but it's okay because I love this podcast I wouldn't change it for a thing oh thank you thank you so much I think maybe instead of just starting with the song we'll start with a song and a dad joke maybe I don't know oh yeah <laughs> I'll write that down I'll write that down. yes a joke for each podcast I love that but yeah I'm always open to new feedback and I think that that's just a lesson for all of us like be open to some I guess constructive criticism or some feedback because that's gonna I don't know this podcast I think I look at it as a service to other people yes it's good for me because I think 
I need it, like, again, scheduling time, but also because, you know, I want to do this for other people, I want to inspire them, like, that's who I hope to be, so I'm doing that in a small way. Hopefully it's working out. I would say it's working out, at least from my perspective. Thank I you. love this show so much. Thank you, and I'm so grateful that you are on it. It took a lot of teeth falling <laughs> a little bit. Like, a little bit of convincing, but here I am. But now that we're nearing the end, what did you think of your experience? Was it as scary as you thought it was going to be? No, I feel like you've said this before <laughs> from other people's experience, but it does feel like just a regular conversation between us. Good. I'm so glad. That's the goal. It doesn't Um, feel like anyone's listening, but also in the back of my mind, I'm like, someone's listening. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully you're inspired. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, Is there any parting words you want to share? Anything last to get off your chest? No. Val's amazing. Rebecca's amazing. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for being on the show. And to our listeners, thank you very much for listening to our show. Um, we're going to end with the song tonight. So it kind of came from me a little bit. I, we were talking about a conversation. We got dinner together beforehand. We're like, let's talk about what song you're going to introduce us with. I was like, this song really just feels right. And so it's, it's true colors and it's the trolls version because I just like that version so much more. It is amazing. And Um, it fits with our theme of today. Yeah. So I think it'll, it'll be a great way to close out the show. So the final words for me are just thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your unending support. I really appreciate all of y'all. And I can't wait to continue the show this semester. Mark your calendars, Mondays 6 to 7 p.m. Next week we've got an interesting guest lined up. Um, I will just say not a student. So maybe that will draw in some crowds. I hope. We'll see. But Without further ado, I'm going to close out the show and say bye for now, pals. It's Val signing off, and I'll see you next time. Bye. You with the sad eyes Don't be discouraged Oh, I realize to take courage in a world full of people you can lose sight of it all the darkness inside you can make you feel so small show me a smile then don't be unhappy world makes you crazy and you've taken all you can bear just call me up cause I will always be there and I see your true colors shining through I see your true colors that's why I Your true color shine.
See your truth. 